welcome to the Food and Beverage Leaders Podcast. I'm Andy Barr, owner of Barr Transportation. We're so glad you joined us today. Now, our mission here is very simple at Barr Transportation. It's to provide you with the most reliable and honest national transportation for your goods, paired with proactive communication throughout the entire life of the load. Now, this podcast is designed exactly for you. It's for sales managers, produce managers, logistics managers, traffic managers, the entire C-suite, anyone else who really wants to perform at the top of their game in this global food and beverage industry. So whether you're big or small, West Coast or East Coast, this podcast is meant for you. Now make sure to stick around at the end of each show and we'll reveal how you can apply to be on the show yourself so you can grow your authority, build partnerships, and help your business boom. Interviews are about 15 to 20 minutes long and I'll leave you with my favorite quote, preparation plus opportunity equals success. That's it. I'll see you on the inside. Enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we have George Weaver the fourth with us with Westfield Farms. George, thanks for joining us. I'm super excited to have you on today. Absolutely. Very excited to be on. This is awesome. Hey, hey, I understand you have your own podcast too. So podcaster to podcaster, let's let's make this happen. That's right. That's right. Super excited. Actually, first time to guest on a show. So hey, it's new for me. So this is awesome. Used to sitting in your seat. So this is good. Okay. Well, hey, just sit back, man. Relax. Hey, sounds good. Um <laughs> uh, so George, tell me, you know, there's people who are parts of families that have businesses. And yeah, you can go off and do your own thing or you can you know join the family business what was your path what was your uh, decision to to your path I guess what we're trying to say is why did you choose to join the family business and how did you choose sure yeah so some of it is obviously you're kind of I guess grown into that if you will um, I grew up and I'm still currently living on the home farm I'm here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So um, literally everything, majority of what we do happens 100 yards from my house. So growing up in that and going with my father to B2B shows and, you know, running the booth at 10 years old and just, you know, working alongside of him, um, definitely there's, there's not much that there's a part of that that will never leave you, if you will. Um, And that's kind of just growing up in that. And um, not only with me being George the fourth, if you will, my father's George as well. Um, So it was kind of this thing of like exchange, you know, this kind of where dad will always throw, throw the, you know, throw it at me type of thing where it's like, Oh, here's George, he'll take it. You know, and I'm like a little kid. And it was always kind of like the joke, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And so growing up in it, I, I guess I just never thought twice. Right. Um, I liked it. I enjoyed it. And obviously, as you, as you get older and as you, you know, look at what's your pan, you know, plan for life and everything, you know, I guess I'm, I'm at the place where it's not like I'm, I'm saying I'm gonna be here the rest of my life type of thing. But it, it's definitely felt like a very good path forward. I've had a lot of opportunities. And it's been so awesome just getting behind dad, um, as he's kind of had this vision. And he has such a, you know, such a long term perspective in mind when he's running his business and to be able to get behind him in that and be like, Hey, this isn't just a job. We're impacting people every day. Um, and be able to help him in that has definitely just been awesome. And, um, I've been enjoying it and I love it. And it's, it's not just a job. It's, it's uh, more than that. So that's, that's what matters. No, that that's so awesome because like, yeah, you can go get a job, right. And work for a company, but if you have the privilege to an opportunity to work for your actual family company, it's like, okay, 
you know, your dad's perspective. This is not going to be just for right now. This is, you know, George for your kids. And then, you know, like, you know, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, continuing that legacy and we're all going to die. We all got a death sentence. (laughs) So, so what do you leave behind? Right. That's That's right. Yeah. Very important. And it definitely shapes your perspective every day on how do I live my life today that no long, you know, doesn't just impact me, obviously, because that makes a difference. You want to make wise decisions now, but what's going to impact the future, not only and for us is specifically to food, right? Um, mm-hmm. So what's, you know, what are we going to do today that's going to, you know, not um, wear down our current farming practices, but what can we do that not only sustains it, but, you know, regenerates it. And that's, again, now that's getting a little bit more into the yeah. um, big, big picture of what we do, but um yeah, it's very, very true. And it's not just on the farming or business side. It's also in our personal lives as well. Well, I'm super excited to jump into this. You know, we, we're going to talk about efficiency. We're going to talk about maybe some conservation or something like that. So, you know, uh, whatever you guys like to really hone in on. I know it's a very successful farm. Uh, 59 years to be exact, I believe, if I have my numbers right. So that's obviously multiple, multiple decades. Um you know, with, with that in mind, you know, of course there's no right answer, but just kind of like, you know, what would be the top three things, right. That you would say, you know what, on a daily basis, we got to make sure we do these three things correctly. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing like narrowing it down to three, right. (laughs) Um, And again, this could be answered differently from any person in the company, but I would say for me, what I see the company focus on number one is really people. Um, it comes down to people and that can break down into then tons of things underneath that, whether it's employees. Um, and again, we're going to be talking more about, you know, efficiency and technology down the, you know, down through the questions. I think let's still go back to that. We, we value the employee. We value the personal relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, our current business model is working with small family farms. Um, so for us, one of the key things is, is the farmer doing well? right? Sure. Are we supporting the farm on that end um, and empowering them to be their own business people, if you will, and giving them access to market. So I would say that's one of the big key factors that's really sustained the model for years. Uh, I mean, it's been years since there's been any chickens on our farm. So we've been just working with small family farms for years. Um, I personally don't remember any chickens, you know, specific to our brands. Um, So that's one of the big things. Second is um, a value added product Um, in the industry we're in, you know, we don't want to just be another player. Um, We want to be someone that's actually bringing a value in some way. Sure. Um, And for us, you know, we would like to believe at least that it's, it is our heritage. You know, we're not corporate America. Um, We are small family farm compared to the industry. And for us, that's, that's what keeps us going is saying, Hey, we are, we're, we're, ba- we're getting together as a team and we're going to make this thing happen. Um, and so I would right. say that's a big part. Again, it still goes back to people. That's, that's again, 100%. A big part of, yeah, big part of it. And third, um, what I would say is, you know, doing what's right, you know, not only for, you know, again, our employees and our people, but for the planet. Um, and yeah, could go a couple different ways. Let's, that. If you don't mind, let's pause there. What in the day of a life of a dairy farmer, right? Of an egg farmer, what will be just one, you know, example of, do it right where you might or not you but others might not do it right again that again it's all perspective right um again if you're if you're looking from we got to feed millions of people and we got to do what's right in that sense sometimes what's right for the earth gets jeopardized 
So as soon as we start, you know, valuing um, production and quantity over, you know, taking care of the animals or the farm, you know, that's where I think it gets skewed sometimes. Uh Um, For us, it's more, again, obviously, we are more of a niche in product specifically, and our values are very niche. Uh, We're not trying to be all things to all people. Um, So for us on a very practical farming level, would be um, not only, you know, so, so for us, example, there's a lot of this sustainability versus regenerative agriculture. And uh-huh. for us, we try to think of ways, what's there a way that we could do something that would not jeopardize future, you know, so for example, organic is a perfect example, you know, n- not spraying and letting, you know, natural organic practices kind of take over your field, if you will, even if that means getting plants that you weren't originally expecting because you're not spraying them, right? Right. Um, you know, something like that would be a way where we're saying, hey, in the end, will we be better off with a better yield and a better production 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road because of a decision we made today? Yeah, because I, I don't know, but I mean, having a million chemicals around can't be good for some things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that passes on through to right. us eventually too. And it's like, how can we True. work that back and, you know, do things um, that will, yeah, impact the earth more of just to bring it back to that healthier soil? Because I think the soil is a big part of, a lot. I um, again, I go all, all sorts of directions with this, but um, if we can, and for us, we impact the soil because we have chickens on it, right? So, right. You, you know, with the chickens being outside and having that farmland that we kind of get to participate in, um, it, it, we try to take it seriously. Okay. All right. And, and, you know, let's say you're like, man, what's that one thing that I wish we would have known, like starting out, like, I know it's been, you know, you know, started earlier in your, earlier in your family, but, you know, have you talked to the rest of the family? Like, you know what, starting out, like, it would have been nice to know that this one thing does that, you know? Wow. I think the day we know that, (laughs) because I think it's one of those things that it's continually evolving. If my great grandfather, George Weaver, the first, if he would have knew well, what it what it'd be like today? He might have never jumped in. <laughs> for all you yeah, know, right. no, it's, it's, you have a, a great point. It's, Entrepreneurs, it's, it's almost yeah. a blessing that they that they are a little bit naive because if they knew how difficult it was, they'd be like, "No way, I'll, I'll go get a normal, you know, W two." Exactly, and I think that's how it is for even us in our personal lives. Is like if we wouldn't know what the future holds, we'd be scared, right? And that's where we just need to walk every day. And I think that's what my my father and grandfather and great grandfather did was they walked every day, obviously with purpose and with a legacy and, a, you know, not just that day in, in mind, but at right. the same time, it was, you know, what decision can I make today? And it's, if you look back over the history, we've changed, we've been everything almost. I mean, we, we've had the caged birds when that was the right thing to do, right? Uh-huh. We've had the, you know, free range back in the day and we kind of went full circle on a lot of this stuff. And that was because each one of them were literally trying to take what's happening today? How can I be the best steward of what I got right now? Um, and so looking back again, I don't know that they change anything. They, they were, I believe their hearts were in the right place all along. And I believe that's where they want to go moving forward. So well said, well said, as they, as they say, think in 10 year decisions. So, yeah. you know, if this is going to matter in 10 years, do it. If it's not, you know, possibly reconsider. Um, <laughs> as far as technology goes, you know, there's, everybody wants to be as profitable as possible. And like, you know, of course there's prioritizing, you know, okay, what's good for the earth and, you know, mass production yeah. and stuff like that. So what type of, you know, of course you do want to be efficient to a point, right? So what, what type of technology do you use 
that you're excited to, to share today? Yeah, so again, technology in our industry is very vital. I mean, it, it's needed, um, especially at any size volume. Um, at the same time, we would say that we honor, um, we try to put people over profit. So um, we're, again, there's, because of being a small family farm that we are, um, there's certain ways that you can only cut um, or may only make things so efficient before then it would start jeopardizing into our culture. Sure. Um, we try to keep that our highest point um, and then what fits in that. And so for us, um, again, we would use, um, you know, there would be like a, a balance of probably, I don't know, 70% of the facility here, 60% maybe is um, with machines. Um, so they'd be um, diamond machines um, where they, um, a lot of it is still manual labor where we load the eggs onto the machine with like their own flats or whatever, put them on there. They go through the grader, they're washed. You know, all of that stuff is very important to have at a higher technology. Um, yep. One of the, my favorite parts in the process is where they detect like the size um, and whether it has a crack in, because again, sometimes you can't even see the crack in an egg, like it's super hairline. Sure. Um, and that is actually to be able to figure out the crack is actually a sound wave that is hitting the egg and the, the pitch difference um, will say whether or not the egg has a crack in or no. So that's wow, a wow. piece of technology that, you know, is kind of beyond me that gets to be part of that process, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would not call myself a sound wave expert. So <laughs> no I'm, kidding. Uh, my, my ears are good, but yeah, okay. So, all right, that, so that's good. That's good to, uh, it's good to know that you've got some great technology to, you know, identify errors and bumps and, you know, be able to sort. Uh, but but again, like you said, really, you know, you're, you're a family owned business, you know, partner with the community farms and people above all else. And that, that's that that's you know, it's kind of nice to hear because you always hear about the big guys and, you know, yeah. it's kind of nice to, you know, give some positive press out there, as I say. So. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And for uh, us, it's just again, we're always looking for ways of how can we, you know, cut costs, how can we be more efficient. Um, but because of the culture and the workforce we have around here, we're incredibly blessed with an incredible workforce, incredible team that are here. They're diligent. They're plugged in. We've had people here for years, longer than I've even been born. There's been people here and they're just like in this thing and they're like, nice. love it. and so again, we, we need to stay innovative enough to stay on top of what's going to work long-term. Right. But, sure. um, at the same time, we're keeping that core it's people it's surrounding people. And if we don't have the people, the machine can't run. So that's, again, that's that balance. So, and as you zoom out, like, let's kind of, kind of take a step back and zoom out. So 10,000 foot level, uh, what's going on in the industry? Like, you know, are, are people excited about it? Are companies starting farms? Are they saying, you know what, this is not worth it. I'm leaving. Are, are big guys swallowing up little guys? What's, what's the, the, the 10,000 foot level look like? I would probably say all of that. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, it, it's a very, very interesting market. And I'm sure there's a lot more competitive markets, but to me, it feels like a, one of the most competitive markets. In the last five years, there's been a lot of movement happening in the space. Because, um, you know, I think most importantly is a lot of consumers, you know, are realizing that an egg's not just an egg. You know, right. there's so many different kinds. Um, you know, especially once you get into the animal welfare side of things, right. um, there's huge gaps and differences between a 99 cent eggs and a you know, dozen, like our eggs that would maybe sell for 4.99 to 5.99, right? There's a big gap in what happens to that egg up to that point. 
Um, and I think as people are becoming aware of that, um, the space at large, yes, there's new players coming in. Um, most of them don't know what they're getting into, probably, um, right. just, yeah. just in the sense of how competitive it is. Um, also, the space is demanding local at the same time. They want family farms. Um, so that's, I think, where those um, entrepreneurs are seeing that opportunity. Like, oh, they want local. You know, let's go. Yeah. Yet they realize that that's kind of maybe for that specific market and it's not a national level. Sure. Um, at the same time, um, a lot of our competition is um, being backed by private equity. It's happening, feels like all the time. Um, a lot of family owned companies that my father would have grew up, you know, knowing the other company and stuff like that, they're being bought out by private equity. Um, one of our biggest competitors went Wall Street this past year. Um, things like that are happening pretty often more than we, you know, even thought might happen, right? Um, and so I think that's also created an opportunity for us as being in the space for a very long time, you know, probably one of the top five to 10 nationally, as far as length of time being in business. Um, and so that again, brings a, you know, a sense of security saying, hey, you know, we've been blessed so far. How does that look right. going forward? Um, at the same time, I think, I think retailers and consumers want to see that. They want to see some of those brands that aren't being backed by equity as well. And so I feel like there's kind of that balance. So um, it's that eloquent dance, if you will. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and you know, we're going to pause again too. talk about Westfield. Like, you know, you know, what's your reach as far as distribution and, you know, kind of some different, uh, different types of eggs that you offer? Sure. Yeah. So we, we are free range plus. So I would say there's four categories, very general categories. There's caged, which would be considered conventional or the cheapest eggs, 99 cent eggs, you know, the very cheap eggs that, you know, again, they'll fluctuate like milk, but they're, they're what you'll get just at a, any store really that should have them probably. Um, so that's called a caged egg, huge hundred thousand bird farms, very big, very corporate hens, never see the outdoors or next to never. Right. Then there's cage free which is a very, probably one of the most deceptive labels because cage-free would mean, oh, it's probably going outside. Well, not necessarily. It's not in specifically a battery cage, but they're still in barns with no access to the outdoors. Um, so that would be like a cage-free. And then free range would be, still, uh, still can be the larger barns, right? Um, but they all have to have two square foot of indoor and outdoor space or around that, around that um, measurement. So they do oh. have outdoor space and can go out you know, as they desire or whatever. And then pasture raised would be significantly smaller farms, um, at least for us, not, not the whole industry, but for us, it's very small. It's more like hobby farming, really. Oh. Um, and they, I mean, a lot of our hens are, the eggs are gathered by hand, you know, in those farms. It's, it's small stuff. Sure. Uh, but again, you're going to pay for that, right? Um, yeah. So there's a core consumer that likes that. So that's kind of the big, the big overview um, of the, the different ones. As far as where we sell, um, it's pretty much up and, east, up and down the East Coast right now. Um, but as we speak, there's expansion opportunities happening West. Um, we are hoping to be a national, um, considered a national brand by the end of this year. So we have some very outstanding, quick, um, quick um, things in action. And um, my father also owns a logistics company, um, which I think I spoke to you as well about. Um, and they're, you know, kind of on board with us and helping us kind of with that expansion. So excellent. Excellent. So it sounds like some exciting expansion is happening soon. That's right. That's right. That's what we're hoping for. <laughs> and and what types of eggs do you produce? Yeah, sure. So we have two brands, Nature's Yolk and Utopia Hen Farms. Nature's Yolk is specifically free range, 100% free range, certified humane. Um, we do an organic, a non-organic, and an omega-3. 
Um, again, a very core consumer there. And then Utopia Hen Farms is pasture-raised plus, right? So we have a duck egg, which has been a huge hit. People are like, what are duck eggs, right? So we've been yeah. selling duck eggs. It's been a, a very, very fun pr um, product to be able to have on the market. Um, and then we do organic and non-organic as well, as well as a soy-free. So Utopia Hen is very much our um, niche responding to consumers. What do they need? What, you know, how can we, you know, fit this into a diet or a specific, you know, path they're on right now? Um, and so that would be the two brands that we do um, at Westfield Egg Farm. We also do private packing as well. Um, so there'll be some other brands and um, some store brands as well that we, oh. we would work along with as well. Okay. So you do some, some private labeling and stuff like that. Right. So yep. good deal. Good deal. Um, let's say, so this is, this podcast is for, you know, food and beverage leaders across the nation, across sectors of the food and beverage space. So I uh, always want to have some macro uh, wins that people can take away from the, from the episode. So is there any sort of, let's say you're out there and you're in a different line of business, right? But you yep. are that fourth generation, right? Uh, any advice to him or her that, uh, that, that you would like to share? It doesn't have to be anything, you know, tremendous. So, but, but just, you know, just anything that, uh, that sure. you feel like I share. Yeah. The first thing that comes to my mind is, is try as much as you can. I know I'm the generation Z. I, I know how we think, but try as much as we can to, to learn from the past. Um, because again, it is an ever-changing market. What worked 10 years ago probably won't work today, but what's the reason on, and how did they get where we are today? Um, I understand that if we use the same, you know, mentality we had 10 years ago, we'd probably not get anywhere. We'd probably die, right? So we have to have some of that young, you know, whatever innovation. Kind of, yeah. To kind of keep this thing rolling. Um, but at the same time, I think we can also get very caught up in ourselves, uh, but this generates all about us. Right. And, and being able to somehow step away from that and say, but where are the people? Um, how do we keep bringing the people that have worked forever? Right. Um, here, how do we kind of right. take that and no longer, you know, cut off what they had in the past? Because um, there is an incredible blessing and just a legacy that goes with that. If we can kind of somehow get behind it, even with our, you know, pump and everything we get all, you know, worked up about, if we can somehow channel that into empowering more people to get, a, to get behind this. That's good. That's good. Learn from the past. Uh, decide if it's the, the best game plan for the future, but, but, but try to learn from the past and, and, you know, whether you implement it or not is, you know, going to probably be on each case by case basis, but, okay. but yeah, that's good. That's really good. So, uh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, these episodes are pretty sweet. They're pretty short and sweet. Uh, any, any lasting final, uh, closing comments, anything like you want to share with as we wrap up, let's say, let's say, let's say someone would you want, I want to try some of those, um, utopia hen eggs. There you go. There you go. <laughs> First off, if it's not in your store and you want it, give us a call. We'd love to um, help you get into your local store. Um, again, if you're, again, this is a lot of B2B. So if you're a distributor or, you know, a transportation company and you have connections, we're all about networking. We love networking. And um, so, yeah, we're also here for other companies as well. So if there's other people that we can network with and connect with, um, where we love um, making those connections and like this was awesome to get to meet you Andy and hear a little bit about I saw a little bit about your company too and that's just awesome so yeah no biggest thing is um, 
today in this day and age, uh, we got to be very focused on who we really want to be as people and then as companies. I believe that it's just a very interesting market. And um, more than ever, we need to plant our flag and be willing to stand on whatever we, we decide because you'll hear every other option around you constantly. So, yeah. That's good. That's good. And you have, you have your own podcast. We do. Yeah. Feel free to take a listen. Um, we, we specifically are geared a little bit more towards the consumer. Um, and so we're pulling on um, influencers that are, you know, health coaches and, um, you know, fitness people that want to, you know, give tips and stuff like that. So yeah, Utopia Hen Talk, um, feel free to jump on there and give us, give us a listen. And um, I'm, I co-host on there with one of our, one of our guys here. So yeah. Perfect. There you guys have it. Awesome. George Weaver the fourth. Bring it down the house. There you go. <laughs> Good awesome. job, George. Uh, guys, check it out and have some some. So you have both, right? Uh, Cage free and rain free and free range and free range and pasteurized. Yeah, give yeah. us give us a, a try, I guess, and see if see if you like it. Some duck eggs. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely always the kicker. People are like, "What are duck eggs?" So I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Awesome. All right, thank you, George. And- cool. Uh, for the audience. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. See you later. Bye. All right. All right. Thank you for listening to the Food and Beverage Leaders Podcast. I'm Andy Barr with Bar Transportation. Now, if you are a successful leader in the food and beverage space, believe in your company, and want to share your story, really look no further. All you have to do is go to bartrans, B-A-H-R-T-R-A-N-S.com forward slash podcast forward slash apply to apply to be on the show. Lastly, if you enjoyed listening to our show, please consider sharing the link or a screenshot on your social media account. We want to help as many people as possible who truly believe education and discussion is where it all starts. Of course, if you know someone that would be a great guest, connect us and we'll explore to see if it's a good fit. Again, thank you for listening to the Food and Beverage Leaders Podcast. And as always, we'll leave you with our favorite quote, preparation plus opportunity equals success. Now go crush life, and we'll see you again soon.